Hi, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is episode two, I'm Shawnice, I'm Jamila, this is the Ordinary Life Podcast, hey y'all, alright, some updates, um, coronavirus, so we spoke about it on the last podcast, and um, it was just a lot about like self-care, you know, um, a lot of the medical professionals that I work with, they're not taking it too seriously, um, I believe it is serious. It is it is categorized as an epidemic now. Um, a lot of mass hysteria is going on and can't reiterate enough. Please take care of yourself and just decompress from all the media coverage. Uh, yeah, I think last week we were still kind of like watching, watching the whole situation develop. And now with everybody kind of going into panic mode and stocking up and all that, I think the climate of the conversation has changed. Um, so all I'll say is um, just take care of yourself, man, honestly. Um, bring a little humor into it, but stay informed. Yeah, I I definitely appreciate the memes. Yeah. They are bringing some uh, comedic relief to what's going on. As serious as it is, it's it's nice to have a, a good laugh every now and then. And that's what I love about the black community, Kay. Because <laughs> it doesn't matter what is going on. We can make a joke about damn near anything. So I really appreciate like everybody. Like people calling it the Rona? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like I, I just... I appreciate the fact that while we understand that it's serious and we're taking it seriously, we're also trying to like thwart off that, that the imminence of like fear mm-hmm. and the feeling of like Armageddon that mm-hmm. other communities are like kind of like basking in and, and like drowning themselves in. The zombie so. apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> the walking dead ass. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, you know, um, protect yourself and your families from the virus because, you know, <laughs> from the Rona because uh, we out here, coronavirus. stay safe y'all. <laughs> coronavirus is climbing in your windows and snatching your people up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> hide your kids, hide your wife because they coughing on everybody out here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's a mess. Also, um, we are reporting live from quarantine, so it's like it's like a kind of quarantine because we stay in the house most of the day, but we have jobs that require us to go to work every night. There's no, you know, ain't nobody sending me home. Yeah, at all. (laughs) Ain't nobody sending me home, so I'm pretty much quarantined my damn self. Mm 
But yeah, I do have to still continue to go to work because, you know, the military don't play that. If it's a pandemic, they hope we all get it so we can all get cured together and come back to work. So it's not. (laughs) And I'm in healthcare, so it's like y'all really need to be at work. So, um, coronavirus, coronavirus, um, and also we're going to be all right. But just in the same vein, ways to decompress from all of the news that's been flowing in, all the scary commentary. Uh, Going to talk about self-care a little bit and the things that we do to detach ourselves from all of the bad news and the energy of fear that has just been vibing through the air for the last couple of weeks. Um, for me... I like to indulge in a little bit of retail therapy, a lot of bit of retail <laughs> therapy. Um, I think Amazon is getting tired of me. Um, yeah. I started to buy those sneakers um, that Melody Asani was going to put out. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to save my money. Look at you. See the growth? Mm-hmm. You see that? That's growth. <laughs> <laughs> Them shoes were $150, not including tax. And I'm like, you know what? I can get some new tires with that or something. So Wow. Right? Look at you. Right? Look at yeah. Being responsible. That's yeah. crazy. So. I have not been doing that. <laughs> I have not. I have been spending all my money on my favorite pastime, linens. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna share. So my favorite things are very soft, very fluffy fabrics. They also happen to be very, very expensive. So um, I'm in the process of redecorating my room because I've been inspired by Shawnee's to uh, <laughs> treat myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> your girl bought curtains, I have satin pillowcases, I bought brand new pillows. So my bank account is. <laughs> She she is she is very very lean. She is very sick. She got the Rona. She's so. <laughs> so I'm gonna chill a little bit, and I um wait just gonna wait for my body pillow. To my come wallet in. got the Rona. Girl, honestly, <laughs> she is very lean. She is very ill. Oh my god. But yeah, so retail therapy is one thing. Um, I also am a DIY girl. I do all of my personal care myself because my eyebrows don't grow. And I don't like going to the beauty shop because y'all talk too much. So <laughs> every time I go to get my hair done, they're like, hey, girl, you don't ever you come in here and you don't ever say nothing. Yeah, because I really don't want to be here. And I'm already about to be here for seven or eight hours. Mm-hmm. I have 800 locks, so it takes a very long time. 800. It's like yeah. 802. So it takes a very long time. You've for counted. I did. The last time I like locked my hair myself, I was doing like sections of 10. Wow. It was wild. Yeah, I have like 800 locks, and I used to go to get them done, and just the conversations that the, those women were having in there, I was like, Wow. If I never hear any of this shit again, it'll be too soon. So, I actually taught myself how to do my own hair. So, that's where I start with self-care because it takes the most time. Um, I also like bentonite clay masks. Um, I also like to evacuate my pores and exfoliate my entire body. So, in honor of quarantine time and the access that you have to Amazon... 
get you some bentonite clay and some apple cider vinegar, um, spin that around in a cup together and put that on your face and let your pores breathe. Also, um, if you're going to do that, make sure that you are not using metal because um, that will cause some type of like erosion of the pro- of the um, active ingredient. In yeah. The clay. Yeah. Just a little safety tip for you guys. Get you a plastic spoon and a Tupperware, sis. And actually, it helps with hyperpigmentation. So if you have like acne scars or whatever, mm-hmm. that'll snatch them right off your face. I kid you not. I've actually started using turmeric soap. Mm-hmm. So it's um, it's supposed to even out the complexion, um, draw out impurities. I need to start doing masks more often, though, like in conjunction with that. And uh, vitamin E cream. I also like to do my hair. Wash day is uh, about every five days or so. <laughs> oh, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't take as long as your hair, though. So, um, but it, it definitely is a process. And today, I decided I was going to braid my hair, and only got about halfway there with Jamila's help. So, um, yeah, being a black woman is hard. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I think it just takes, it takes a lot of dedication because, like, our hair is just, it's a job within itself. And paying somebody else to do it. I don't know if y'all been dealing with the hairstylist I've been dealing with for the last decade or so. But they want you to come in there with your hair already done. And they still want $200 (laughs) when you get up. So I saw this meme. It was like, if I'm paying you $200 to do my hair, the only thing that's coming washes my ass. (laughs) (laughs) And I felt that. Because it'll be like, make sure your hair is washed and blow dried. If your hair is natural, make sure it's pressed and flat ironed. It's like, what am I What am I paying you to do? I'm not about to get heat damage for you. Like, What am I paying you to do? Exactly. So, yeah. um, I'm so glad that God has delivered me from that life with the help of a locking tool and YouTube. So, we going to stay as far away from $250 every eight weeks as we can. We need to boycott these uh, mm. these prices. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm not even mad at them for, you know, trying to get it how they live. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like a lot of the expectations are very high. Like, if I'm paying you $200 plus, I need a full-on wash scalp massage blow dry (laughs) deep condition like come on i mean but individuals are like what i want to do for my hair not list box braids they take a long time so i can understand the price and i'd even be willing to pay it if you can get me out of there in like three to five hours i don't even think honestly it's not (laughs) even it's not even the time and i understand that braiders have like a different set of um, things that they can do like in certain states braiders can't blow dry your hair Mm -hmm. they can only and I understand if like if that's the situation it's like they don't have a cosmetology degree they are a braider you don't need one for that yeah yeah so a lot of states don't allow you to use like heat tools or anything that Mm -hmm. could damage somebody's hair you can just braid it so I just wouldn't it be at the um the client's risks though like if they like, no, nah, it's like you, you can get arrested if you if you are a braider and you blow what? dry somebody's hair. 
and like the board of health like finds out you can get arrested like it's illegal so i understand that i'm kind of crazy mess yeah and like i know there are people who are paying 700 dollars for knotless braids so i just listen that is (laughs) that's extreme that's the mortgage (laughs) (laughs) yeah I, and like I, I know that's somebody's rent, and I also understand that that person is probably in a totally different tax bracket. So I'm not even arguing that. I'm I don't just even saying know if I would pay that much still. I mean, unless it was like for a special occasion, you can get me out of there fast, and I'm gonna look flawless. Like the braids were maybe. nice. The braids were very the nice. the ones that Elisa actually got. Yeah, yeah, those are freaking beautiful, man. But seven hundred dollars is steep. I feel like for me. if you. If you're in that line of work and your appearance is that important, I feel like you will shell out the money. Mm. But I'm in the military. Yeah. All I have to do is make sure (laughs) that my hair goes tightly into a bun or it fits supremely into this bob. So, I don't... Imagine paying $700 for some box braids and you got to put them up in a bun every day. Oh, no, (laughs) ma'am. Absolutely not. So it's and just under a hat, no less. Under a hat in a bun, and then the bun be too big, and they tell me I got to take them out. Oh, oh, I'm, oh, <laughs> oh. Where's my DD two fourteen? Sorry for those who don't know. That's the form that you get when you get out of the military. Where's it at? Because I just paid seven hundred dollars <laughs> for these braids. Didn't you tell me um, the other week that you had a um, coworker ask you like if your hair was yarn or some shit like that? Oh, girl, the racism never ends. Anyway, yeah, um, I think people are very interested in my hair and what's going on with it because I don't think a lot of people understand what locks are. I think they have like one general idea of what they are. So when they see different variations of it, they're mm-hmm. just like, what is that? So if you don't look like Bob Marley. It's like, well, what is what, what are Yeah. What, what are, are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't really talk about my hair at work because um, not to shade anybody I work with, but they are probably some of the more sheltered and less culturally aware people that exist in America simply because of the career field we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't really have a lot of experience with like um, dealing with people who don't look like them. Mm-hmm. So most of the time when we get into those conversations, I'm just waiting for them to say something that's going to be wildly racist and then I have to correct them. So, so, I, so, so do you wash those? I mean, do you wash your hair? Do you wash your hair? Like... <laughs> That's a dumbass question. Like, and it's not that it's a dumb question. It's just like I'm not in the I'm, I'm not in the mental space to teach you that right it now. It is a dumb question. And like, who the fuck? That's just who the fuck's not gonna wash their hair, no matter what the style is. And like, like, I'm I'm a really understanding person. I know a lot of them are not coming from from a place that they think is racist, but it's I think they're trying to understand, but. The road to them understanding just leads to a lot of nonsense. And I'm never really here for it. So, like I said, I try to steer the conversation away from conversations about skin, hair, all of that. Because somebody called me ashy last week and I had to put them to the side like, listen, you know absolutely nothing about that. (laughs) You don't even know what ashy is. You heard it somewhere and now you're using it. That's not good. And outside of here, that'll get your ass whooped. I need you to know that. 
Speaking of coworkers, it is extremely hard <clears throat> to work with people that are um, different from you. They've never worked with people that um, look like you or that are from where you're from. And trying to like relate to everyone in a cultural way. I feel like in my field, we have to, I mean, actually we kind of go undergo training about like um, cultural awareness because we have patients that don't look like us and we have to understand their customs and everything, but they don't really go into like the sensitivity when it comes to working with people that are um, of a different race, different background, different socioeconomic status, demographic, whatever it is. And it's very hard. And I work with a lot of different, like, age groups, too. Don't Do you as well? Uh, Kind of. We can get into that a bit, but continue. Okay. So um, I work with a lot of different age groups. I'm turning 30, and um, a lot of the nurses are older than me. So um, they don't really understand me and, like, kind of... The way I do things, I'm kind of an introvert, kind of an extrovert, depending on um, how comfortable I am with the person, the situation. And um, I've encountered a lot of them trying to get me to talk (laughs) or assuming that there's something wrong with me because I come to work and I'm quiet. Nine times out of 10, I don't want to be there anyway. And, you know, um, I work with a lot of people that are very outspoken, a lot of big personalities, and they just bombard you with questions like, what is that? Where are you going? Why are you in here? What you mean for work? Who was out on the phone? And it's like, yo, <laughs> leave me alone. Like, I don't know. Like, it's crazy. It's wild trying to navigate the, the relationships you have to build with people you work with um, as an introvert. Um, I still need money. That means that I'm going to have to leave my home where I'm very comfortable and I don't talk that much and go into spaces where I have to communicate with people that I probably wouldn't talk to if we didn't work in the same space. That also means that I have to deal with the inferences that they make about me in my personal life. And then I have to thwart them as we have conversations. All of that is emotionally and mentally taxing. I've actually had some coworkers that I consider to be friends, um, but I feel like that's harder for me now, like in transition, you know, working at a new hospital, new women, I'm from a whole nother state, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's just kind of hard to like relate to them. A lot of the personalities don't mesh well with mine. A lot of the communication styles, like it's just, it's just a lot. I can make friends with coworkers, but lately I have no desire to, and I don't know if it's me or if it's them. <laughs> I just, I don't, I, and I know you're dealing with a different set of circumstances. I have just been pushed into a career field where, um, and I'm not saying that you have to work with people who look like you, but there's a level of cultural sensitivity that these people just do not have. Mm-hmm. And the people who do have it don't stay very long because we're all pushed into situations where you have to be like, okay, that's not cool. You can't say that. Mm -hmm. Who taught you that? And it it just makes it so that cultivating a friendship with with somebody like that outside of work is just added stress that I can't take on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't. I just, I can't do it. You can't do coworkers. I mean, I can because... 
there are other places that I've worked where I've met people who are great people. Um, I've even met people at this job who are great people. But like I said, the people who are well-adjusted and charismatic and understanding don't tend to stay here very long. <laughs> or they have like a totally different job than you. Right. And- um, they have a different job that, than what I do. So I tend to make friends with them. And then because they have the ability to change duty stations and go work somewhere else and broaden their horizons throughout the military they go and they leave and they broaden their horizons and i'm back with the same group of people who also cannot leave (laughs) a lot of well actually well actually (laughs) a lot of neck beards a lot of i was born in a neck beard (laughs) sorry It's, (laughs) it's like a phenomenon of um this is going to sound so mean but it's like the phenomenon of men who do not have um like strong chins Mm. so there's no real definition between their bottom lip and the beginning of their neck it's just a slope (laughs) (laughs) so in like the um in the nerd community they call them neck beards because their beard doesn't have a chin to grow on so it grows directly down into their um their neck that is that is a very um mean term but it describes nearly 75 percent of the people that i work with almost like spot on so (laughs) it's a lot of well actually well i heard this and but it'll be i heard this about a personal experience that you have that you've actually lived through and they would add their two cents and have never never experienced any of that I have a lot of people that I work with that like to tell me how to feel. <laughs> There's this one uh, nurse in particular. I'm not going to name names. Thank you. Because that's rude and mean. But anyway, <laughs> um, I have issues with the scheduling system. So the hospital that um, I worked for in California, it was a rotating schedule, which means that everyone's schedule was predetermined. You worked every other weekend. And depending on what weekend you were on the schedule um, would dictate your weekdays. And you would just work every other week. You would work the same days of the week. So no one was scheduled more than anyone else unless they signed up for overtime or they made a switch or whatever. This hospital has self-scheduling, which isn't true self-scheduling. It's like you put in a request for the days that you would like to work. And depending on the needs of the unit and the skill set mix, um, they'll put you wherever you're needed and that'll have me working about five days in a row sometimes and I'm like what the hell so um this one night I was at work and I was talking to one of the other nurses about you know my frustration with being called in on you know what could have been a day off and all this stuff and um, this other nurse is like in a whole separate room overhears a conversation and she turns around and she's like, well, that's just the way it is. And, um, if you're on call, you just need to get, um, just be prepared or whatever. And I'm like, um, sis, I was ready. Didn't mean I wanted to come. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, well, you're just going to have to get used to it. I ain't got to get used to shit. Okay. I don't know the phrase. You're just going to have to coming from anybody. (laughs) That really gets under my skin because all I have to do is stay black and die. Period. I don't have to be prepared for anything. You can say that it's a good idea to be prepared. To suggestions can be made, but 
But don't tell me what to do. Shit, not even that. <laughs> <laughs> this, these are my feelings about about my situation. If you want to work six, seven days in a row, be my fucking guest. But I don't want that for me. And I'm pissed about it right now. And let me be pissed. Like, I hardly say anything when I'm here anyway. And the one time I do, you want to tell me that what I'm saying is wrong or, you know, like Mm -hmm. I need to adjust my attitude and my feelings about it. And I was like, you can stop talking to me now. (laughs) Like, I was ready. I was fully prepared to come into work. But listen, I did not want to. And you popping into my conversation is not going to change the way that I felt about it. Yeah. It takes three seconds for me to go from the nice black girl that they work with to the angry black girl. And that's a super fine line. It really is. Like, you you don't have to raise your voice. You don't have to cuss them out. All you have to do is set a boundary and put them in their place. And now you're angry and now you're mean as hell and whatever else. And it's like, it's not that. You just can't talk to me however. You just can't do whatever to me. And I'm currently in a situation where I'm moving into a place of um, supervising. And that's already hard to navigate when I have worked alongside a lot of the people that I'm now going to be supervising. But it makes it harder as a black woman because any time that I show any kind of emotion, I'm angry. It doesn't matter if I'm not extremely happy and laughing and joking, mm-hmm. I'm angry. I can literally come in a room and sit down and not say anything. I can greet people and have a seat and I can sit silently. Somebody will turn around and go, what's wrong? Nothing Absolutely wrong. nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Nothing is wrong. I came in. I said hello to everybody. And I sat the hell down. I don't know how that made you think that I was having a bad day, girl. Maybe you can't read emotions on the black face. I don't know. I'm not going to presume to know. But I do know that you made an inference, and now I have to refute that. That's exhausting. Yes. I also have issues with um, the amount of space I take up in, I mean, in the world, but also at work. You know, I'm not very territorial with my space, my workstation and stuff like that. But some people are, you know, and when I don't assert that, a lot of times I feel like um, like they're kind of pushing me over in a way. Mm -hmm. So um, the other day I like walked out to the nurse's station. I think I told you about this. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just standing there like someone was sitting at the workstation I was sitting at previously. And. I was just standing at the nurse's station and one of the other nurses looks at me. She just stares at me, you know, and I look at her and I'm like, what? (laughs) And she's like, oh, I thought you were going to say something. And I'm like, no, I'm literally just standing here. Like, why do I have to like want anything from you? Have I don't have any questions. I'm literally just standing here taking up space. Does that bother you? You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of what I've been running into lately. And I, I, I just think it has a lot to do with, um, and I don't, I don't know how this happens, but for whatever reason, being black and being um, at work is almost like nobody ever planned for that to happen. Girl. 
It's like nobody, like nowhere in history did anybody think that they were going to have to deal with that long term. Now we got to figure out how to work with these niggas. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's really what it feels like. So you'll like. be at, like, I'll be at work and you have, I have, I've had two, two different experiences. I've had, I've had people who are cool, who have, uh, understand that black people are people and they can talk to them like they're a person. And I've had black, I've had other people who think that quotes from Friday. Oh, please. <laughs> Quotes from Boys in the Hood and quotes from Baby Boy are the only way please, to have a conversation with a black person. The amount of times that somebody is quoted Friday to me at work, if I had a dollar, I wouldn't be in the military anymore. That's crazy. I'd be filthy rich. Rich. <laughs> it's insane. And I'm supposed I'm supposed to sit there while I know you're quoting Friday because I'm black. <laughs> and that's the only reason why you're bringing it up. I know you probably watched it and thought, man, Jones is going to love me and love this. I don't, sir. That's or ma'am. I'm so fucking ignorant about that, though. Like, it's like I understand you because I watched a movie with people who look like you. <laughs> Absolutely wild. But just just to wrap that up, just saying that being a black woman, being a woman at work, but especially being a black woman at work and taking up space and demanding your respect mm-hmm. can just completely cut off the ability to be friends with these people outside mm-hmm. of work. Also, as a creative, it's kind of hard like to work in the field that I work in because it doesn't really allow for a lot of creativity. You can be creative with the way that you interact with patients, with the way that you teach them the information they need to know, with the way that you, um, you know, just kind of show that love to them. You can be creative in that way, but it is, it is a very technical field. It's clinical, it's medical, you know, and it's kind of hard for me because a lot of times I'm working so often, I feel like I, I don't have time to access that creative part of myself. And I, that's why I'm super excited to continue this um, podcast because I, I feel like I'm getting closer and closer to my true self. And eventually I'm going to reach my final form. But um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, I don't know if you can identify with that, but being a creative in a job that is so technical and everyone around you it's like they don't really understand you you know Mm -hmm. what i mean that's how i feel i mean i've i've kind of just adopted this idea of self-care that for 10 to 15 minutes a day i'm going to do something that i love that's creative so that when i go into work i can um take that same energy that I dedicated in those 15 minutes and if I have some downtime I can pour into that creative side again Mm -hmm. so that I'm always um, while I'm at work and I'm doing something that I don't necessarily care for I'm still feeding the creative part of myself Mm -hmm. so that when I do have those interactions with people that are unfavorable I have something to pour that um, bad energy into so I can just I don't know, just get an outlet. Yeah. 
Um, speaking of an outlet, um, can't really listen to music or work, so I uh, spend a lot of my downtime at home listening to new music. And Jay Electronica just dropped. Um, I don't know if it's is it a dual project with Jay Z. Is that what it is? Um, it sounds that way. He didn't he didn't mention Jay Z, and honestly, I don't think he needs to because it's it's Jay Z. Yeah. Um, I guess you can say it's a joint project, but it is a long overdue project. It is long awaited. Um, he definitely took his time with it. Um, a lot of people were saying that they kind of wanted more. I guess just the anticipation of it all for the last decade basically like I feel longer. like that's the main reason why Jay Electronica never put anything out because it just got further and further and further away from people <laughs> saying he was the best thing that ever happened to music and it was like I, how am I gonna live up to that hype mm-hmm. he actually says that in one of the songs like yeah. y'all wonder why I wait why I waited 10 years because y'all not gonna be happy with anything I put out because mm-hmm. it's been 10 years I was happy with it. I mean... I mean, I am too. I, like, I loved it. And I just saw a bunch of memes and stuff from uh, my fellow hip-hop heads because we can definitely be, uh, definitely be sticklers for what we wanted to hear and what we expected from certain artists. And they wanted Jay Electronica from 2010. They wanted to hear Just Blaze beats. And that's not what we're doing. I think it I think it is um it's necessary for any artist to evolve and to change their sound and to experiment. I don't think it's fair for a person to keep making the same thing over and over again because that's what you want to hear. At the end of the day, that's his outlet. That's his craft and he should be he should have agency over it to do what he wants with it and what it sounds like and I'm very happy with it. It still very much sounds like him, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it's a lot of experimental beats. I kind of liked uh, the dream being laced through there. Yeah. Yeah, that was nice. You know, he has He's been, nice the dream little, been doing that a lot. Little sprinkle, sprinkle, sprinkle in there. Yeah, I think he found his lane, which is gently pressing his vocals into somebody's yes. beat. Yeah. Okay. Like FUBU on um, yeah. the table. Yes, just, I was like, I'm yeah. here for it. Yeah, like no. <laughs> just do a little bridge, a little reprise, and gone. Get it all the way together. Yeah, but just a lot of the beat selection on the album, I like. Um, I think it's the blinding. Is that what it's called? It's like second and third song. Mm-hmm. Y'all could. Um, Y'all could get at me if I'm wrong, but I think <laughs> I think it's the blinding. Um, mm-hmm. I I fell out of love with Swiss beats for um, for the last ten years or so, and that's the first beat that I've heard from him since like 2010, where I was like, "Yeah, ain't no bullshit ass tambourines on this. So I could probably rock with that." <laughs> <laughs> bullshit ass tambourines. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I I love the tambourine in church. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of it when Swiss beats gets it in his hands i don't like that so it's the first it's the first swiss beats beat that i heard and i was like oh oh we're going we're going somewhere here Mm -hmm. we're we're, we've gotten somewhere i mean it's a 10 track album but i feel like i already have like 
three or four like favorites that mm-hmm. I have to listen to first and then I'll listen to the whole thing from from top to bottom and um right now my favorites are The Never Ending Story, Fruits of Our Labor, Ezekiel's Will and Shiny Sea Theory. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I love Flux Capacitor simply for the fact that um it is very New Orleans. Yeah. It is yeah, very it New is. Orleans. Yes. And I think that's one of the things that I love about Jay Electronica is when you hear that that accent come through a little bit. I go for a stand up. I really <laughs> enjoy that. So it was it was good to hear him like Jay Electronica loves where he's from and we respect that. But it was good to hear him actually dive like get onto a beat that sounded like home. So that was dope. Listening to that album actually made me go back and listen to Exhibit A and Exhibit C. Mm-hmm. And I just fell in love all over again. Like, just feel good beats, crazy flow, crazy analogies and metaphors and, like, wordplay. Like, come on, King. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um, happy that it's out. Happy that he put something out. Happy that I get to listen to some new J Electronica and to everybody out there saying what it should have been, hush. Okay? He didn't have to do nothing. nothing. Honestly. He didn't I have to do this. nothing for us. <laughs> <laughs> Better be grateful. For you feel got. me? I saw this meme and it was saying, um, like, in the midst of, like, all this coronavirus Armageddon bullshit, it was like, that is just like Jay Electronica to drop an album at the end of days. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, I'm going to keep listening to it. I've literally listened to it from end to end without skipping anything, without mm-hmm. wanting to skip anything. So that's hard for, That's hard to do for me. That's really hard to do for me. If you get off beat a little bit or I don't like the beat you chose, I will boop bop and hit that skip button. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm happy as out. I'm happy I get to listen to it and what a time to be alive. Mm-hmm. Makes you say ooh wee. <laughs> um, so J- Janae Iko came out with the album. Um, what was it a week ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. About that. Um, yeah, about a week ago. Well, not by the time y'all hear this, but a week ago. And about a week ago. <laughs> and uh, the girls have already taken to Twitter with the quotes and um, gotten on Snapchat and lip sync. Of all 20 songs so they're obviously feeling it i liked it i liked it a lot it was very it was it was very janae it was very mm-hmm. incense and 40 ounces it was very y'all ain't got no od while also um calming my chakras and getting everything in alignment so mm-hmm. it's everything we love about a hood queen um, <laughs> and there are definitely songs in there that make me, um, that take me back to times when I was sitting in the passenger seat of a beat up Honda Civic arguing with a man. So I'm all here for the, um, pre 29 vibes mm-hmm. and I'm also here for just the cathartic, I don't know, the cathartic way that she makes music. I heard she was using sounding bowls. It's very heavy into the um, carefree, carefree ohm, and that's and that's her whole aesthetic, right? Yeah, and the 
the album does have a calming effect. Yeah, so um, I respect her for being in her lane and, and doing her thing and, and doing it well. I need to get into I need to get into it again and really like try to pull from it. She hasn't really been speaking to me um, like for the last couple projects. I just haven't been able to identify. Like I appreciate her lane and what she does for women that can relate to what she's singing about yeah i never fought a nigga in in an alleyway i have not and that is not yeah no that is apparent (laughs) i really uh (laughs) i very much enjoyed um the ratchet side of myself very much enjoyed pussy fairy oh gosh um but that's that's really the only one um bs is a personal favorite (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, for the simple fact that we love a humble brag, we do. Um, when she said that stuff about being a skinny little, I, I did not identify with that at all. Mm-mm. But I do identify <laughs> with feeling. Been <laughs> <laughs> I do identify with feeling very cute and wanting a man to understand that he is being blessed. He was being blessed with the opportunity to even be by it. Mm, okay. So. Take that as you will, sir. But yeah, I, I feel like um, if you just broke up with somebody, if you just got back with somebody you broke up with, you could play that in a car and just sing a couple lyrics and let them know that it's really not all good. <laughs> <laughs> Expect to see several Janae Aiko qu- quotes pre-summer. When everybody start breaking up, that's when I feel like it's gonna be a lot of sub tweets. I feel like people are gonna step into their (laughs) final form and just go straight to her. Cuffing season is coming to an end. She's getting warm. Yeah, and I think this is the perfect soundtrack for that. Yep. (laughs) Cut them off, sis. Anyway, (laughs) um, what was he Bird final finally released? Eternally Taki, Taki, my bad. Um, I am a Lil Uzi Vert fan. I'm not necessarily a fan of his music. I'm more of a fan of him as a person. So, um, carefree, carefree black boy joy. (laughs) Just, I'm gonna be me and y'all could like it or y'all could move. Right. So, um, I liked it. I, I enjoy him a lot. I, I also enjoy a little bit of, um, just mindless fuck shit. Mm-hmm. On an album, so he is my supplier of that. I thought it was cool, um, but I think Pharrell really just spoiled me with Neon Guts. So if uh-huh. it don't sound like that, I'm kind of like, mm. <laughs> and like Neon Guts was the first song that I heard by Lil Uzi where I was like, oh, we're 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 really getting into melodies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, we're actually caring about, like, the instruments that we use. That's deep. But, I mean, Pharrell will do that. I, so. am, I am a diehard Pharrell Williams fan all day and all night. Like, <laughs> so when I heard that, I was like, oh, let me actually give Uzi a try. And, mm-hmm. like, nothing else that he put out sounded like that. At all. That's That was, <laughs> that was the gem on that album where it was like, oh, was oh y'all, wanted, a good track. y'all wanted melodies? I got one. The rest of this is going to be me um, screaming, though. So <laughs> you can get with that if you like it. If you don't, you can also um, exit. It's right over there. So um, Eternally Talky is everything I expected it to be. Um, mindless nonsense that we are here for. 
mindless nonsense. I don't want anyone to ever say that about my music. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Lil Uzi Vert said that. He was like, it's, me making music is easy. I just say whatever comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that can be cathartic, especially if you just, I don't know, just left work. And you really want to just scream in the car, but you don't want to look crazy. Turn that shit up. I kind of feel like that. And this is completely off subject. Not completely, but um, I feel like that's what happened with um, Solange's When I Get Home. Mm -hmm. And actually, we're coming up on, we just passed a a year since that album came out. And um, when I listened to that album, I was like, "This, this sounds like. This must be what it sounds like when you truly let yourself go in the studio and mm-hmm. you trust your thought and you trust your sound and you know what I'm saying? Like you just feel the music you and just let it feel take the you. music. And a lot of people were not fucking with that. It was like, what is this? Why is she repeating herself? And I'm partial to call and response mm-hmm. and chants and stuff in, in songs. So that album spoke to me a lot. I think you have to be really into and we're gonna go very deep and very fast here, guys, so hang on. I think you have to be (laughs) really into, like, African-American culture and African-American music to understand, like, the the feeling of call and response when the artist says something and then they have you repeat it as, like, a choir or as a chorus. Mm -hmm. It's like it's pulling you into the experience. And I think a lot of people... um, when they expected, they expected to hear a seat at the table part two, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't that. And I, I always will stand an artist who does not make the same album twice mm-hmm. because I never know what I'm going to get. When I go to pick up a Drake album, I know I'm going to get So Far Gone part 10. I know that. Mm-hmm. When I go to pick up a Kendrick album, I don't know what's about to be in there. I have no idea. When I go to pick up, who's somebody Even else? J. Cole. J. Cole kind of rides a median with that. He's, now don't get me wrong, like he's been relatively safe with his music, but he's reinvented, he's reinvented his sound with each release. Mm-hmm. Like, um. It's grown layers. Yes. I'll say that. He hasn't gone from like jazz to like hardcore hip hop to like rock. You know what I'm saying? No. No, and I feel he like he hasn't done that. I feel like Kendrick has experimented with different sounds. Mm. J. Cole stayed with the same sound, but the layers to the writing have grown. Even well, for me, even the sound have changed because um, after listening to um, twenty fourteen Forest Hills Drive and then going into For Your Eyes Only, it was like a totally different sound, storytelling, um, a, just a different vibe altogether. And then we got. Um, KLD after that and it, for me I feel like he's grown musically not just lyrically but like just the sound and where he's willing to go mm-hmm. he's not that experimental yeah no but but I have seen um a transition that's growth yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> but um who else who else is oh Childish Gambino Donald Glover I don't know if this was a mess up by somebody in the IT um, <laughs> who works IT for Donald Glover, but he released um, an EP that had a lot of very famous people singing on it. Um, Did you get to hear it? I got to listen to a little bit of it. I guess people were like screen recording it, but it's gone now. Damn. 
It sounded very good, though. <laughs> the 45 seconds that I heard had me bopping and bobbing. So He was like, put it, bro. <laughs> Somebody had to put all their stuff in a cardboard box and go home that day. But <laughs> Can you clock out for me? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and clock out. <laughs> it's not funny that somebody lost their job, but we do appreciate you'll slip yeah, up you because know. we got a little bit of music from um, Donald Glover, I guess he's not going by um, Childish Gambino anymore. Um, maybe he is, I don't know. But um, Donald Glover um, presents.com, that's where people heard it. That's where it was at. Um, I had to scour the internet to hear the 45 seconds that I got, and it was lit. <laughs> um, I'm hoping he releases it though, because. Um, that was it was very vibey very summery mm -hmm. but not somber somber like the stuff he put out a couple years ago like awaken my love no not awaken my love like feels like summer and, oh yeah 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 you know you. this is america and all that mm -hmm. um it sounded kind of upbeat kind of not pop but also not like hardcore hip-hop like guava island ish yeah okay. yeah so um I'm hoping we get to hear that one. I really am because it sounded lit. Okay. Speaking of summer, um, it's time to start trying to get that summer body together. Didn't say which summer. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm aiming for 2020 because everything else about this year has gone very wrong. So at least my body can be right. At least I can be snatched. <laughs> At least. Um, they snatching up the toilet paper. At least I can be snatched. <laughs> <laughs> so I think um, we've started. We've started and stopped this whole like healthy, healthy eating, healthy living journey. Um, because life comes at you fast and eating broccoli five times a week just makes me want to fight. <laughs> <laughs> And we didn't ease into it. We went like cold turkey, full throttle. First of all, Capri Curves is um, a fitness like um, enthusiast, fitness model, fitness coach, and she um has she is also a person who loves to see other people in pain. I'm just say that right now. She's also a baddie, so um, I will <laughs> take any and all advice. But I think I need to ease into like consistency and going to the gym or like even just doing home workouts like on my own and then graduate to doing a full program. So she has a program called um, Keep the Curves and Drop the Fat. And me and Jamila started that and I got through week one. I didn't even get through week one. <laughs> <laughs> I got through week one. I went to work and I was sore as hell. I was waddling. <laughs> I could not raise my arms above my head. My ass hurt. My thighs hurt. <laughs> Everything was on fire, bitch. And <laughs> I was like, I can't fucking do this. So I just went Chick-fil-A and went to sleep <laughs> on that last day. Um, as a person who works out quite frequently... Um, that program is not for the week. I've seen men doing it and they look back like she's, she's <laughs> insane. <laughs> 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 like, um, it's definitely, it's intense. There are a lot of reps. There's a lot of weight. Um, there's also a lot of rep like repetition with weight. 
And <clears throat> when I go work out, I have a system. It has worked for me, but I was trying to like up my game and go into, you know, go into bad bitch 2020 and pff, girl blew out my knees, blew out my arm. <laughs> <laughs> Had to go back into physical therapy and see a chiropractor. So I think that <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, like easing into it. I think <clears throat> I just have to realize that I'm not where I used to be physically, and that 30, 30 is a real thing, and it is a benchmark for um, your knees turning into rubber bands that can pop. So, I think after we go um, to D.C. and I um, <clears throat> go to Uzanaz again, um, I think um, <laughs> I'm going to start the program again, but maybe do like half the reps mm-hmm. that she recommends. And then um, after that series, I'll do it full on just because I, I just I don't know. Cause I don't work out now. I... Um, my job is very like fast paced. I do a lot of walking, but like weightlifting, running, especially running, I do not do. Okay. Um, so <laughs> um, I think I need to ease into it. And I think that's with anything. If you're like making a lifestyle change, you kind of need to like ease into it, do things like in moderation and then graduate and challenge yourself and push yourself past your comfort level. Mm-hmm. But to go cold turkey, not really going to the gym, not running to go to like hit training and weightlifting and shit like and that. And doing uphill sprints. Okay, what the fuck? Like <laughs> at eight miles per hour. No ma'am. Uh uh-uh. uh. I under like I understand that we want our stomachs flat and we want all those things. Do we do we know I sometimes I don't think that is that important. <laughs> sometimes I look in the mirror and I'm like Wherever my husband at, he's going to have to deal with this gut because I'm really tired of running around Mm -hmm. this track. I'm tired of it. But we are honestly trying to make sure that the later years of our lives are prosperous. So I have to change my mindset, like thinking about the fact that I'm doing this so that when I turn 70, I can actually walk around and live a life where I'm not dependent on other people or even if i am dependent on other people i'm still mobile right and that's my number one thing being mobile and having my wits about me like you know being able to remember things and to be able to live independently at that age like i don't want to have to depend on my kids or grandkids to take care of me you know what i mean uh, speaking of which, I bought a juicer. So me and Jamila were watching a documentary called Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead with, uh, what's his name? Joe Cross. Yes. I don't know. Yes. I, I call him Joe because at the end of that documentary, Baby was fine. You called him Bay. He his, was, name, his real name is Joe Cross. <laughs> baby was fine. Okay. He got a little tan. He took the glasses off. He got cut up. He was in the gym. He was looking mighty fine. So Joe Cross is from Australia, and he had some autoimmune um, disorder that it was like a rash. So basically, his immune system was like in um, like overdrive. So if any like little irritation or something on his skin, he would like break out in hot. It was like really bad reaction to um, his skin had a really bad reaction. So he was taking like prednisone or whatever. Um, and he decided to do a juice fast for 60 days. 
um, where he was just drinking straight up fruits and vegetables for two months straight. Now, let me tell you the willpower that that man must have had because I tried to do a three-day fast and only got through one of those days. And I was like, I need to eat. I ain't got through a day yet. (laughs) Not a single solitary day. I did did one day. I need to bite something. I did one day and I was fine. But um, I think juicing is super beneficial if you are um, a person that is not a fan of, you know, vegetables like that. It is a way to get in your daily greens, the the antioxidants, and all of the nutrients that we need to fuel our body because the American diet is trash. Fast food is everywhere and that shit is empty. (laughs) No nutrients for you in there. You might get some protein, but that's about it. Everything else is like carbs, sugar, salt, and that's it. So juicing is a way, even if, you know, I do have um, like fast food or something during the day, if I have a green juice, I feel a little bit better. Like I'm still getting that stuff in. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we started juicing. We're going to jump back into this fitness program or a fitness program because i'm trying to have my back out on my birthday (laughs) and yeah my birthday already passed it was very cold so that wasn't going to happen (laughs) (laughs) but no um i have a pt test that i have to take to stay in the military and it can negatively affect my career if i do not pass so i'll i stay in the gym but i i'd like to see my body change Mm mm-hmm that's what I would like to see. Because your girl is cute right now. Like, I'm cute or whatever. Some things are more snatched than others. I would like everything to be uniform and all snatched. So, we working on that. That's yeah. the goal. This takes time, consistency, moderation, and also um, forgiveness. Like, don't beat yourself up if you start a fitness program or you start um, eating healthy and then, you know, you have a cheat meal, a cheat day, you fall off the wagon, just get back on, you know? Like, as long as you keep going, even if you stop for a day, a week, two weeks, just keep going, get back on it. And that's what I'm trying to do myself is just to be more kind to myself whenever I don't stick to my goals. Like, all right, that's okay. We gonna get back on it today. You know what I'm saying? But honestly, sometimes when I really think about it, I be like, I've been pulling niggas with this same body. I might as well just keep doing what I'm doing. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, I do not feel that way. (laughs) Cause the niggas I've been pulling with this body have been trash. So maybe we need to revisit. Maybe we need be cuts in the six. Why are they trash though? What's going what's going on out here? Well, um at the at the bright age of thirty I got ghosted for the first time. So let's start there. Um I've ghosted people before before. I had no idea what that felt like and my bad, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I apologize, sir. Um my bad. I really thought that I was doing you a favor by just disappearing, and I could understand how that probably hurt. Yeah, that shit hurts a lot. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> it took me till I was 30 to learn, but I learned. I learned hard, too, because it just happened to be somebody that I liked, which that is rare. Yeah, that is yeah. very rare for me. But yeah. I mean, I was ghosted for the first time when I was 25, and 
I thought that, you know, this was really going somewhere. The nigga was like, oh, well, you know, um, I need to go overseas to play basketball. And I'm like, okay. I was kind of voicing concerns about, you know, how we're going to keep up communication and how long he was going to be over there and all of that. And, you know, he was like, what you talking about? We're going to keep talking and, you know, it's going to be all good. It's going to be fine. And he left. I saw him one good time before he left. Once he left, I did not hear from him probably for like a year or some shit. It was like, it was just dead silence. Mm. Somebody that I talk to every day, somebody, you know what I mean? You know, when somebody becomes like a part of your life almost, and then they just drop off the face of the fucking earth, it's like, wait a minute. You be concerned that they dead. Is he dead? Did he make it? (laughs) He said he was going to, man, let me check the news. All the while, you scrolling through your news feed, and this nigga is looking down at his phone and not thinking about you. That is that is painful. <laughs> that is painful. <laughs> Girl, I'd like to pose a question, though, because I feel like ghosting... First of all, relationships are a two-way street, right? I feel like ghosting is um, defined as, like, you're talking to somebody or whatever. You're, you know, in a you're dating this person. And things are going well. And then all of a sudden, there's like white noise, like not answering text messages, phone calls, nothing. Just all of a sudden out of the clear blue sky. I don't know, because you can get Casper, too. That's a friendly ghost. What is it? Or they still stay in your life, but they're not trying to date you anymore. So anytime that you say anything about like trying to go out again or meet up it's like no mm-hmm. <laughs> but you cool though or like they won't just say I'm not trying to date you anymore but they'll respond to your texts and they'll keep up communication if you keep up communication but like they're just being nice mm-hmm. about it this is Casper the friendly ghost mm-hmm. yeah my ghost was not was not friendly I don't even like I've never I'm as a person who has ghosted someone, I've never ghosted anybody and it it, it been like hot it was hostile. It doesn't have to be. It's just, you know, like that person probably had a certain idea about the where the relationship was going and then you just cut off communication and they're kinda like lost. And like I understand now uh, after ex- experiencing myself, like I understand now how it can, I don't know, just make you question a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. about like, wait, did I make all that up? Were we really having a good time? (laughs) Or was I just having a good time? He was just there. Of course not. But that's the question I wanted to pose. Like when you had that final conversation with this guy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Like how did, how did it all end? Did like, we were on FaceTime for like two hours and, um, what? Yeah. Like, it was a really great conversation. We talked about a bunch of different stuff. We talked about seeing each other again because we had gone on like a couple of a couple of dates. Talked about seeing each other again, when we were gonna meet up, what we were gonna do. We picked a date for it to happen, and um, got off the phone, got off Facetime, kept texting throughout the the next day, and yeah. It was like that final text and just nothing after mm. that. That's why I thought he was dead, girl. Because I was like, he got to be dead. There's no way. 
there's no way that you can be that invested in the conversation and picking dates and picking times mm-hmm. and then just disappear off. So face what happened when the date came up? Like the date of the date. By that time, we hadn't talked for like two weeks. So I just assumed that. You didn't try to reach out to him again? Why? Why not? I feel like I had officially been ghosted in two weeks. I mean, he could have thought you were ghosting him. How? Because you hadn't talked to him either. What? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's insane, ma'am. That, what? No, it's not. It's, it's a two-way. Relationships are... They go both ways. And I understand that, but it was just like the the nature of the relationship was that um, we kind of like went back and forth. Everything was really mutual. So if like the conversation ended the night before and he was the last one to say something and like, let's just say I fell asleep or lost track of time and was trying to respect the fact that he was sleeping in the morning, I'd hit him up. And if the night before I was the last one to say something, he would hit me up. So you mean to tell me in any conversation that you have with a man, if you are the last person to say something, he doesn't say anything, you wouldn't it depends reach on, out again? It, it's, it all depends on how things ended. It all depends on how the conversation concluded. Okay. For the most part, if I have to initiate contact with a man, mm-hmm. I die a little inside. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> a little part of me ceases to be. Every time that I have to pick up my phone and say hey to a man that did not say hey to me first. I'm just shocked every time I hear you say that. I, I don't know what that is. I don't know what I feel. I don't know if it's like, oh, now I'm putting myself out there. It's like everything that I hate about dating. Mm-hmm. Everything that I hate about getting to know people. Mm-hmm. The effort that it takes and the fact that that effort can be pushed back in your face with a hard no. Like, don't nobody want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I know that people don't say things like that. Right. But in the back of my head, it's always a possibility. Right. I mean, the way that I interpret that situation is if the conversation ended on a good note and you guys had um, a date planned, if I didn't hear anything for a couple of days, I'd be like, hmm, let me see what the hell is going on. You know, at least to pick up a vibe to see if he's like, you know, being dry, responding for, you know, taking forever to respond or just not responding, period. Like, I kind of need confirmation. Like, hmm, I wonder if he's ghosting me. Let me extend an olive branch and see if I'm really being ghosted. So then I know like, OK, I know what this is. I feel like that situation was just not not conclusive because he didn't hit you up anymore and you also didn't hit him up anymore about the date about nothing. <laughs> I feel I also I'm always in this weird place where I'm like, man, am I missing the hint? Are they trying to let me down easily mm-hmm. without actually saying hey, I don't like you? Oh, I don't take the hint. I confront niggas. I like and don't get me wrong. I confront people too. I confront dudes too, but it's not. Um, what's um, what's going on? (laughs) And it's like I've had a um, what's going on conversation, but it just there was never anything that happened between us where I thought I'd need to. Like Mm -hmm. communication went was so easy between us that I never thought I'd have to like reach out and be like, "Hey, are you dead?" You know. Why, why does he have to be Because dead? that's the only reason why you wouldn't talk to me. <laughs> and there is the conceited part of my personality <laughs> popping right the fuck out. Because I cannot imagine. 
as cool as as cool as I am. Mm-hmm. Why somebody would decide that they wouldn't talk to me no more? <laughs> so <laughs> you have to be dead. Like that's the only that's the only thing I'm willing to accept. So he doesn't walk the earth anymore, as far as I don't I'm know. Concerned. I think I think you guys both ghosted. Honestly, I think I ghosted by proxy. I did not. What the fuck? <laughs> I did not make the choice to not talk to that man anymore. Yes, you did. He made a choice by not texting me back for several days. I sent the last text. So, I got ghosted. What? Well, I'm supposed to double. T- ah, no. I am not sending you two texts in a row. I respect myself. What? Yep. I'm sorry. I said it. I said it out loud. I don't mind. Well, okay, look. I don't mind double texting. Like, so let's say I was the last person to send a text and the conversation ended naturally. Like maybe the last thing I said was okay or something where mm, I don't really know how he would respond to that. Right. I'm not really even looking for a response to that. But if I'm the type of person, if I have something to say to you or if I want to talk to you, I'm going to say whatever I want to say. I don't give a fuck who texts back last. Wow. <laughs> I don't have that. I don't have that. Really? I don't. I don't. Communic- communicating with people is already like taxing for me. Even if you know he's feeling you, the last conversation yes. was, it went well. Yes. Y'all talked for two hours. Y'all had a date plan. Like, out of curiosity, you wouldn't have just hit him up like, hey, you know, how are you? Haven't heard from you in a couple of days. Let's just say you're right. Right. I am right. Wow. <laughs> Let's just say you're right. And um, we mutually ghosted each other. Mm-hmm. Right. Which means that I was not important enough to him to hit me up and see what was wrong. Mm-hmm. And he was not important enough to me to put myself out there to hit him up to see what was wrong. Mm-hmm. We probably saved each other a lot of grief. Probably. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, as far as, like, communicating with men is concerned I am always on the fence about whether that's a good idea at all (laughs) (laughs) what are you saying I'm just saying like every time I talk to a man I'm just like man this could really I could really be doing something else what I know it's crazy cause I I don't like I just I'll be on the phone like man what if this don't work out what I can't get these hours back why are you worried about that? I don't know. I mean, for me, dating is an opportunity to get to know to get to know someone. I don't like getting to know people. I know that, but I'm, <laughs> girl. Like, how you gonna meet your? I mean, how you gonna meet your husband? I don't know, and I'm still <laughs> waiting for God to be like, "Hey, girl, I know that you've been waiting for a long time, but that's him." <laughs> like, and I'm I'm really at the point where I'm kind of like content to just have Jesus tap me on the shoulder and him right there. You see, you see, old boy with the glasses on. That's not gonna the happen. one that don't match. That's not gonna happen. You see, old Lou from Earth Gang. Faith without works is dead, sis. You see, old Lou from Earth Gang. Okay, but you need to get backstage. What? <laughs> <laughs> How the fuck you gonna be old? <laughs> I'm just screaming his name in the crowd and he's going to see me out of everybody. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and that's going to be that. Because, I like, dating is really hard for me. 
meeting new people is really hard for me. Mm-hmm. Meeting new men is scary. Yeah, it is. And for the most part, I feel like I do it wrong. All the time. So I don't believe I don't believe you do anything wrong. I do think you give up pretty easy though. I do. I do. You don't do any investigation and just kind of like, well, well, I guess that's that's over. over. (laughs) It was fun while it lasted. I met a new person. I didn't have a bad time. The nigga didn't text you back in five hours. It's like, well, that was fun. That was fun. That was fun. I'm glad he answered while he was still alive. Oh my god! (laughs) Now he's dead to me. What the fuck? Listen, I didn't say that I make sense. I don't even <laughs> pretend like I do. Sometimes I talk to myself and I'd be like, girl, we do not have time for the nonsense that you are keeping up in here. All right. But that's how I feel. That's how I feel. And like, I really feel like I have one last talking phase in me mm-hmm. before I just concern myself with flights and hotels and seeing if they will let me bring my dog. Like I really feel like I'm 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 one toe <laughs> I'm one toe away from being completely committed to that. <laughs> my whole body except for my pinky toe is completely committed to getting on flights and not worrying about these men. The talking phase is very awkward. It is a very awkward place to be because you're not like officially in a relationship with that person. You're more like in a pending relationship situation ship so to speak we're not doing those it's like <clears throat> i even found out today that my like definition of dating is why it's not the universal it is not definition so when i say that i'm dating someone that means that we are in communication with each other often we've expressed interest we go on dates etc blah blah and Someone told me that their definition of dating means like that's her man. They are they are official. And I've always viewed dating as like like the term dating is like more of a casual thing, but I don't like casual dating. I like to date exclusively until you are my man. But I don't I've always had trouble seeing the difference between dating exclusively and being in a relationship because you're dating each other. Mm-hmm. You've made an agreement not to date other people. Mm -hmm. So what is the difference between that and being somebody's girlfriend or whatever? Um, Me not asking him and him not asking me. What? (laughs) Yeah. I'm confused. What? (laughs) Like, Like, what's the point of saying it's exclusive if I can't ask you shit? No, I'm not saying like like asking in general, but like. Like I him not him not asking me to be his girlfriend, like in oh. those words. So the title is the only yeah. thing for me. Yeah, that's the only thing that separates huh. being in a relationship, being in a relationship, and the talking phase is like, will you be my girlfriend? Yes. Now we're together. What? Yeah. So when you have a conversation and you're like, I'm not dating anybody else. And they say, I'm not dating anybody else either. Mm-hmm. And then you guys agree to keep it that way. Is that not the same conversation? For me, no. What? Like. So I got to do it again? 
for, for me, like, in, until you ask me to be your girlfriend, like, we're not together. It's like we're, we're seeing each other um, exclusively. I'm not seeing anyone else. I told you that. You told me you're not seeing anyone else. Um, but we're not together until you ask me to be your girlfriend. That you tell me that you want me to be a part of your life. That's very deep. That is very deep. I do not understand that. <laughs> what is there to understand? I like no. It's I just I don't. It it seems like a very very like a like a thin hair fine line between the two. It I seems feel like I'm, I would be making an assumption. Like okay, I have a conversation with this man, and you know we you know are you seeing anyone? No, I'm not seeing anyone. I really don't plan to. I'm really interested in you. Blah blah blah. That means we're together now? Huh? No, I'm not saying that because they say they're not dating anybody else. I mm-hmm. think the difference between oh, I'm not dating anybody else right now and I am not dating anybody else and I don't want to, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to, or the difference between having a conversation about what we're doing and exclusivity. Mm-hmm. Like, exclusivity means I'm not dating anybody. I don't plan to. I like you. I'm going to be dating you. I don't see how that's different. And if you have that conversation, that means that you guys are together without anyone asking, like, will you be my blank? What else we doing? If we not dating other people, we only dating each other. What else we doing? It's not official. Do you feel like you got the option to change your mind? So... Yeah, no. For me, it's just not official until, until you ask me. To do be, you want to be my girlfriend? Yes. Wow. I want to be with you. I love you. I want you to be a part of my life. That's the shit I need to hear for me to be like, this is my man. I mean, I can't say that. Like until you say that, I can't say that. For the most part, um, when I was younger, all of, I didn't find out I was somebody's girlfriend until they were talking to somebody else about me. Oh, you were surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never uh, I've never actually gotten into a relationship that I was at <laughs> I just kind of ended up in them so mm-hmm. it will be they would be on the phone like oh who you with where you at oh I'm in my girl house and I'd be like yo girl mm-hmm. who's that is, is that me and I'd be like <laughs> <laughs> did you have a conversation with when they get out of course that? when they when they hang up I'm like who's your girl because mm-hmm. of course I'm me and oh well, I thought I thought we was. You thought you didn't ask. See, that's why I need I need a conversation where it needs to be clear, crystal fucking clear. So I am I am completely clear on that part. Yeah. I am just unclear on how having a conversation about being exclusive is different than having a conversation about being in a relationship. It's not a different conversation, but it doesn't. It's like. Because that conversation happened, it doesn't mean, oh, we're together now. Okay. That makes sense? Yeah. Okay. But um, after old boy released me back to the streets. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> after he opened my cage and released me back to the streets out of our um, talking phase one. Um, Y'all released each other. We did not because... <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. If, if 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 it was up to me, that would have been the last one. Cause I'm really I'm really tired of asking yeah. niggas what their favorite color is. Should have texted him first. 
No, ma'am. <laughs> I have. I'm. I really feel like every time that I text a man first, a little bit of my life expectancy just goes away. Like I lose a year. Every time I say hey in a text message, seventy five. That's insane. Hey, 74, 73. I'm like cutting off valuable years of my life by giving my energy to this man. I think you're cutting off <laughs> years of your life by, by even thinking of that bullshit. <laughs> like just the whole thought process and the anxiety behind initiating a conversation is what's cutting years off. But we life. already know. That my life's blood is anxiety and sweaty pits. I don't know what to do without that part of myself. I have anxiety too, but not. I mean, if I if I really like someone, I don't mind try, um, trying and and you know showing interest. And it's just I'm gonna be. Let me be clear. I am just that way about the talking phase. I am just that way when we are very unclear about how we feel about each other. When we get to the other side of that and we both agree, like, I like you, you like me, we're dating exclusively, you're my boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever you want to call it. When we get to that side, I'm very secure in initiating conversation, reaching out, whatever. But it is the absence of that commitment to each other that makes me like, why? Do I need to keep reaching out? And I also think it's rooted in the fact that I like to be pursued. Mm -hmm. So when I feel like that's not happening, I feel like they're not interested. Mm, I have, I don't know, I guess my um, definition of being pursued is like a little more broad. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like a man can still pursue me while I show interest. Because I like to think that, and not to say that you don't think this, but um, I feel like there's a narrative out there saying that, you know, men are, (laughs) they are formless and void. They don't have feelings. Mm -hmm. They don't give a fuck about nobody but themselves. And I believe that is completely untrue. I believe they feel very deeply. I think that's true about 50% of the time. I don't. I think, well. 50, 50%. Maybe twenty five. Forty five. Come on. Like <laughs> thirty six. Like, <laughs> I feel like men have feelings, but they have been conditioned and taught not to show them in ways that makes them like vulnerable or whatever. But um I believe that men also need to see that you're interested because if you think about it in the traditional way that men are supposed to quote unquote pursue us. They're initiating all of the conversations. They're paying for all of the dates. They're picking you up. They're doing everything, right? Which is fine. But what is what is he getting in return? And, like, I want to be clear that um, even though I do not enjoy initiating contact, that I do. It's not like... I'm not dry, and for the most part, if I'm interested in somebody, I'm very transparent about that. Like, I'm interested in you. I like the way you look. I'd like you to touch my touch my neck at some point. So, I'm clear about all of that in the talking phase, but it's just there's some type of disconnect for me when I have to reach out to a person, and I don't want to, but I'd much rather just have them call me. Hey, it's not fair. It's not fair. I don't make the rules, but damn the rules. 
I'm I'm growing up though. I'm growing up. I'm sending <laughs> hey texts. I'm sending how's your day texts. I'm getting out here. That's progress. It, it really is. Because my phone used to be a wasteland of haze and good mornings that I did not respond to. So Yeah, one one more talking phase. I got one more man to come in my life and say he want my number and try to get to know me. And um, if that don't work out, y'all can catch me on the next flight. Cause I'm not I'm <laughs> not I'm playing not married no more. by thirty five. Whole well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Honestly, like, but not whole well. It's just gonna be like um, bon voyage because I'm going on some other trip. I'm not. I'm not hanging out. Yeah. I ain't got it in me no more. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what I have in me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just hopeful. And I'm going to try to keep being vulnerable and transparent and expressive with my feelings and just hope for the best. Well, um, I think it's time to wrap it up. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Um, Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Hope to continue the conversation on our Instagram page, the Ordinary Life Podcast. Um, we'll be posting a couple of questions on there, and we'd really appreciate it if you guys interacted with us. So yes, please know, engage with us. Yeah, we know what you want to hear. We know if you like the episode, things you don't agree with. We want to start a dialogue. So um, check out the Instagram page. Check out our personal Instagram pages. Um, I must love tribe and Shani says at Nicole Rose N Y C O L E Rose. All right, it was good talking to y'all. All right, see y'all next week. Bye. <laughs>